pray and we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open the word of God up now. And we look to you, Holy Spirit. The Bible calls you our teacher. So we look to you as our teacher now to lead us and guide us into the truth of the word. We expect to receive revelation. Light comes now. We believe it in Jesus name. And Father God, by your grace, we will be sure not just to be hearers of the word of God this day, but to be doers thereof. And as doers of the word of God, we expect to be blessed because you said it in your word. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn with me quickly to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. This is the third part of our study on life more abundantly. This is Jesus speaking. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. We looked at that, those words more abundantly. They mean this. Literally, this is what they mean. Super abundant. Super abundance. Excessive. Overflowing. Surplus. Over and above. More than enough. Profuse. Extraordinary. Above the ordinary. More than sufficient. More than more than enough. That's what those words mean, friends. How many would like to li- be able to live a life just like that? Having so much, so much finances, so many things, you got to give it away. Is that even possible? Can, can, you, can you see yourself living that way? I mean, come on. You guys, some of you guys don't even have an education. Some of you guys were born in, 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 and you're, you're coming out of a family that's been pretty poor. Come on, how do you expect to live like that? Come on now. Can we expect to live a life and life more abundantly? Who said this? Jesus said it. Jesus has never lied, nor will he ever lie. So if he said it, Get this, it's so. I said it's so, and I now choose to believe it. Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And I'm, that's just not talking about the, uh, riches. It's just not talking about things. It's talking about life in general. We're supposed to have an excessive lifestyle. We're supposed to be living a life differently than those in the world. Yet how many in the world are living way better than those in the church? Should it be like that? Now, I know you, what I'm preaching today. If I went to a lot of churches, they would look at me and throw things at me and say, heretic. But am I not sharing what the Bible says? I said, am I not sharing what the Bible says? Jesus, Jesus, the one we follow, the, we are called what? Christians, followers of Christ. He said to me, Daniel Greenwald, hey, Daniel, I've come to give you life, life more abundantly, excessively, super abundantly, overflowing life. But the Bible does say there also that we have, a, we have an enemy. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. I said he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. If there's ever any stealing in your life, If there's ever any killing or destroying happening, it's not God. It is the devil. Thank God we got Jesus. 
Thank God that Jesus said, hey, I've come to give you life. No matter what the devil throws at you, what I've come to give you is greater than that. Woo! That's good news, isn't it? And, and listen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. That, that means this. Glory to God, I love this. That means it doesn't matter where you're currently at. If you get a hold of this revelation and you begin to apply this revelation to your life and you begin to lay claim to this revelation in your life, glory to God, it doesn't matter if you don't have an education. It doesn't matter if you came out of where dirt broke your family. Only thing that matters now is you got a new heavenly daddy. You have a heavenly daddy that wants to take care of you and wants to bless you. So much so that he gave his very best. He gave his very son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And Jesus said, hey, I've come to give you life. And life more abundantly. The God kind of life. That's what that means. God. And see, again, these are things you've got to really stop and ponder. What kind of life does God live? Go to the back of the book. Read about heaven. Just go read about heaven sometime. Streets of pure gold. Okay, this is my God. We're talking about my heavenly daddy. He's got streets of pure gold. His, his, his walls are made of giant pearls. He's got jewels all over the place. There is nothing but life where he's at. Because he is life. That's my God. And did you know that we're supposed to imitate him? We're supposed to follow after him, walk in his footsteps, be like Christ. Thanks, Mark, for the the little laughter there. I don't know if you're really thinking about it really hard or some of you are like going, Pastor Dan, I mean, come on now. How am I supposed to be like Christ? Are you born again? Because if you said, Jesus, come into my heart, be my personal Lord and Savior, boosh, you got born again. Your inner man went from a state of death unto life. And all of a sudden, God, mm, the Holy Spirit came pouring into you. You've got God in you right now. That life that Jesus said he came to give us, it's there in you already. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're amening. Glory to God. This is such good news for us. God wants you living super abundantly. Grab a hold of that word super abundantly. I mean, life abundantly. I mean, life would have been good. I mean, come on now. We were separated from God. We were headed to hell because of our lifestyle, because of sin. Our nature was one of sin. Jesus died, we received him into our hearts, we now are are born again, we got life in us. But he didn't stop there, did he? He could have. That would have been enough to rejoice about. But he didn't stop there. My Jesus, the one who can't not lie, said, he came to give me this life and life more abundantly. Excessively. You know, I... uh, I was, I think I shared this with you before recently, but the Lord said to Brother Hagin, why is it that so many in the world think that it's okay for those in the world who are living for the devil to have the nicest buildings in town, to have the nicest places in town? 
And my people are have the, the, the worst places to meet in. Stop and consider that. You know, I know a lot of times, now, this is the mentality. This is how religion has seeped into the church. The mentality of some or so, so many are, but see, Pastor Dan, we don't need a good-looking church because we take our money and we go and help the poor. We, we, we give to, to missionaries. Listen to me. With all that's in me, we do the same. However, we also believe that our God is big enough to not only help us sow seed out, take care of the poor, sow into the ministries all over this world, but glory to God, He's big enough to give us the best building in the town. It's who He is. And then what happens when people see us and we're being a direct reflection of the shepherd, the good shepherd, a sheep are being taken care of by the good shepherd. They look at us, people will look at us, and they say, I want what you have. But instead, people will go around all sick, broken, disgusted, walking through life with a big frown on their face, all discouraged and beaten up. You want to join the flock? You want to come along? You want to know my God? No, I don't want to know your God. I'm being sincere. I want to know the God who is able to overcome this world. I want to know the God who has come to give me life and life more abundantly. I want to serve a God like that. Who what he offers me is better than what this world is offering me. Are we getting this? Woo! I tell you what, we sell our God short when we say, God, I don't know if you're able to do that or that you want to do that. What does the Bible say? What, is the fin- what should be the final authority in our lives? What does the Bible say? The B-I-B-L-E. If you don't know what the Bible says, guess what? I don't care who you are, you're not going to be able to live to the level that Jesus Christ died to give you. I want, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, to live to the level that he died to give me. I want to take advantage of all Jesus Christ did for me. Through his death, burial, and resurrection. I want to be a living testimony of the goodness of my God. Friends, I want to be a dispenser of the blessings. I want to, be the, I, I want to go into a restaurant and eat in a restaurant. And when I'm eating the, in the restaurant, God speaks to my heart and says, I want you to give this person a $1,000 tip. And instead of saying, <laughs> get behind me, devil. You immediately say, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, the devil ain't going to ever ask me to do something like that. So God, you're asking me to give this, this person $1,000. I'm going to do just that. Write out a check. And they get it, and they look at it and say, Mr., you wrote this wrong. No, I didn't. God wanted me to tell you that he loves you. And he wanted you to be blessed. Ooh, you think that, 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 that waitress is going to do a little shouting? You think that, that, that waitress is going to say, I want to know the God you serve? I mean, we're not trying, listen, listen, 
I'm not trying to buy buy her with, the, with a good tip. You understand how I'm saying that? I'm not trying to coerce her with a good tip. What I'm trying to do is just show her that my God is good. And that my God is able. And that my God is willing to bless her through me as one of his children. Glory to God. It's fun. It is really fun to be a blessing. I'm telling you, there's nothing more funner. I mean, a big Dave can talk about, I mean, when, I mean, I, he blessed Ron with a new car. I mean, that was pretty cool for you, wasn't it, Ron? I'm, uh, but I guarantee you, as much as it was fun for Ron, it was even more fun for big Dave. I mean, have you ever given a Cadillac away for free? It was a Cadillac, wasn't it? Yeah. Hey, that's called being blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. It's what he wants for all of us, my friends. He has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, that was for free. Just now still getting into my uh, introduction here. I want to ask you something. If we're called to imitate him, how should we live? How should we live? We're called to imitate God. Listen to this scripture. You can just look up here because I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. This is how we should be as God's children. Those who love to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Boy, isn't that good? I tell you what, we should be the most favor-saturated people walking the face of this planet. Because we are that dispenser of God's blessings to this lost and dying world. Amen. Can it get any more clear than that? Those who love to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. How many would like to have blessings heaped upon you? What are you then? Then what are you supposed to do? Bless others. Glory to God. Now, I want to get into this now, moving off of that. I want to talk about the three levels of living here on this earth. I said I was going to talk about that this week. I want to get into this. There's three levels of living here on this earth. Number one is the level of not enough. If you look in this world, in fact, you look in this country, there are many people living in abject poverty. They do not have enough to survive. They do not have enough food. They don't, a lot of people don't, I mean, there's, you go to big cities today, especially in California. You go to big cities today and there's homeless people everywhere. There's syringes and, 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 and feces and things like that all over the, the uh, sidewalks. People are living in abject poverty. That's the land or the level of not enough. Number two is the level of just enough. This is where you live in a, a place where you, you, you just barely get by, paycheck to paycheck. And for people that are coming out of abject poverty, for them, they might think to get to the level of just enough would be God's will for them. Because it's a whole lot better having enough than not having enough at all. How many know that's true? But would that be God's perfect will for them? No. Because there's another level, the third level of living. It's called the level of more than enough. It's where you're so blessed that God takes care of all of your needs. And get this, all of your wants too. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
You are so blessed. You're able to take care of all of your needs, all of your wants. You've got plenty left over to put into store, into checking account, into saving account. You've got so much that you can bless and bless and bless at any time, any place. That's the land of more than enough, the level of more than enough. Now, these three levels of living are clearly portrayed in God's dealings with the children of Israel. In fact, uh, listen to this again. You can look up because I got this from the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says it this way. All the tests they endured, this is speaking to the children of Israel, on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture, an example that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experienced. How many know that's, the, that's called wisdom? You learn from other people's experiences. For we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal within us. Friends, we are to learn from the experiences of the children of Israel. We are to see how they did things and, and, and notice how they messed things up and say, oh, well, that's not the way we're going to live. I'm not going to do it that way. You understand this. But all of these three levels are perfectly shown when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. When the, the Egyptians went through the wilderness. And then finally, when, 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 the, when the Egyptians, when the Israelites went through the wilderness. And then when the Israelites finally went into Canaan land. Those three different levels are shown there and we're going to go through this. Now, I get, it goes really without saying that while the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. How many know that that was the first level of living? The level of not enough. Think about that. You live every single day of your life. For somebody else you live your life uh, with 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 someone that not only owns everything you live in everything you have the clothes on your back they own you friends that's the land of not enough i don't think there's any question about that is it how many people unfortunately are enslaved to the government all right just threw that one out for free praise the lord I want to say something, I, I, I think it's important to interject this right here, right now. This is important to understand. If you're taking notes, make sure and write this one down. In order to move from one level to the next, to go from not enough to just enough, and then eventually to the land of more than enough, you're going to have to change things first. On the inside you're going to have to see what the Bible says and make the determination that I'm going to take God at his word and he's going to lift me up out of that but you got to see it here first you got to get it on the inside of you first you know again we have this this uh, uh, thing that happens with so many people they try to reason it all out they try to understand this stuff in their minds. But what you've got to do is not try to reason it out. What you've got to do is renew your mind. Is what does the Bible say? Again, we're children of God. We're Christians. So this is what is of utmost importance to us. You've got to renew your minds to what the Word says. And then as you're renewing your mind to what God is saying, things begin to change down here. You begin to recognize and understand, wait a minute. I don't have to live this way any longer. 
I don't have to live uh, with, without enough to survive, without, without enough to feed my children, without enough to clothe my children. I don't have to live that way. But, but even when you get over to this land of barely, I mean, barely getting by, just enough, you finally see in the Bible, I don't have to live this way either. I don't have to live from paycheck to paycheck. I don't have to struggle where, where I, yeah, I, I have enough to pay for my kids. But when, when a, so a guest minister comes to church, I don't have any left over to, t- to be a blessing. God wants us to get the revelation and the understanding that he wants us to live in the land of more than enough. But you will never get there until you first see it right here. Right here on the inside of you. Everybody understand that? I know for a fact, um, I was hearing one minister say it this way. He was talking about, uh, 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 well, it was Kenneth Copeland, and talk, Keith Moore was doing the talking. He was talking about how Kenneth Copeland had come to him and said, you need to be believing for an airplane. And, and, and Brother Keith was going, why would I need an airplane? And, and but Brother Copeland said, no, you need to be, be believing for an airplane. And, and Brother Keith said it took him a long time for him to begin to get the revelation down here in his heart. And he said it was like it started out with a wing. The wing of the airplane got down in there. And, and then the body of the plane. And then the other wing. And, but he said he would look in the window up there in the cockpit. And he could see Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. But he couldn't see himself. But he kept believing. And kept confessing. And keep, kept the word of prophetic word before him that he was supposed to be getting in an airplane. Until finally one day he saw himself sitting in that plane. And then glory to God, God blessed him with the plane. I said God blessed him with, I mean paid for. Fully, how would you like to get a fully paid for plane? Hello? And, and, and so the, the point being again, this is how we got to, if you have struggled with the way you see yourself, you've got to get in a mirror and start to change things up. Because, see, the way we see ourselves in the mirror isn't the real you and me. You've heard me say this before. I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. I look a whole lot better down here than I do out here. As hard as that is to believe. <laughs> Thank you for the few chuckles. Some of you are like going, no, Pastor Dan, you, never mind. But you got to start to see yourself the way God sees you. you got to start to get to, God, if it's in here, if it's in the Bible... I want to get myself to this place where I see myself exactly the way the Bible says I'm supposed to be. And once you get to that place, glory, God can work with that. God can take you to the next level. Amen. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. It doesn't matter how much money you currently have in your checking account. I know what it's like to have debt be, I mean, just all kinds of debt in my life. And I know what it's like not to have that in my life. Guess which way is better? I mean, I know that's a simple statement. But isn't it true? And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Dan, I don't, how am I supposed to get a good job? How about trusting the Lord? Do you know that you could start working at a fast food restaurant? Taco Bell. Go out Taco Bell. They, they messed my order up the other day, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> but you start off there. 
And, and you begin to work there. And you go and you do what you do is unto the Lord. You do it with excellence. And the next thing you know, the, the management comes to you and says, listen, I want to elevate you to shift manager. I want you to take over being the shift manager. And you say, okay, I'll do it. And then after a while, the manager comes to you and says, hey, I'm moving. I'm moving out to another location. We want you to take over as the manager of this store. And you say, okay. And then the next thing you know, as you're there for a season, the, the, the head corporation of Taco Bell calls you up and says, hey, we notice what you're doing. We notice how blessed this Taco Bell is. We want you to come on board with us. And they elevate you to a higher position in the Taco Bell organization. But see, the, the, the point being is this. And, I, and of course, I'm not saying you need to go to work at Taco Bell. The point I'm trying to make is it doesn't matter where you start. What matters is, is if you approach it in the right type of mentality with the understanding as a child of God, I don't have to stay low. I can go up higher. And the way I go up higher is to first see it down in here. You with me? Every single one of you should be going up higher because you're a child of God. If you do what you do with excellence as unto the Lord. Do you know a Christian shouldn't show up late to work? I'm not looking at anybody so anybody doesn't think I'm talking about them. But I know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. We shouldn't show up late to work. We should be there early. We should be the last ones to leave. We should do what we do with excellence. I mean... Uh, can I just tell off on myself a little bit? But I'm really telling off on God. When God got a hold of my life, as you know, it was a c complete change. I mean, 180 degrees. God did some incredible things in my life. But when I went to Rama to go to Bible school, I worked in a restaurant. I was a line cook. Woo! Yippee skippy. And, 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 but as the line cook, I did what I did with excellence. I, was, I knew I was just there to go to Bible school. That was just something to supplement my income. But while I was there, I became known as the hallelujah kid. I never complained. I always had a smile on my face. I was always doing what I did. And, 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 and if you've ever worked as a line cook before, if you closed, you have to clean the restaurant up. In, in, in this particular place, it was one of those flat grills, you know what I'm talking about? Big old thing you cook burgers on and stuff like that. And, and, and by the end of the day, it was usually covered with grease and it was, you know, not very clean at all. And they would, some of them, you know, it was our responsibility to clean the grill. And they would give me one of those uh, grill uh, bricks, about like this thick. And they would, they say, okay, we want you to clean this up now. And, and, and when I did it, I would go through almost the whole grill brick. Because by the time I got done, that grill looked brand new. And so from that point forward, guess what happened? Guess who got the clothes all the time? Because I was, I mean, I was cleaning that place spick and span. I was doing what I did with excellence as unto the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. I can remember pushing a broom at the back of Pizza Hut. Pushing the broom, saying, Lord to God, I got three, I got, I got two college degrees, and here I am pushing a broom at Pizza Hut. Thank you for the laughter. See, Nick got it, nobody else did. <laughs> But, it, but, but, you know, again, it liter literally comes down to an attitude. I'm not doing this for my manager. I'm not doing this for my boss. I'm doing this for the Lord. 
And when you are found to do what you do, if excellence is unto him, that's when promotion comes. Promotion comes from the Lord because of your faithfulness. You start where you're at, but then be found faithful. God promotes you. And when God promotes you, no man can take it away from you. Amen. I have no idea why I'm off on this. That's right. Somebody needed this. It, it, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I think sometimes in the, in, the, in the faith walk, living the faith life, we have this grandiose expectations that we're going to snap our fingers and boo, we're there. It's a journey. I said it's a journey. Guess what? Your life up to getting born again, you still have to work with this past life. Now, understand how I'm saying this. You get born again. But guess what? You still have the same stinking thinking up here. I said you still have the same stinking thinking up here. It, it, it's so important that you do not uh, think just because you, a minister, a guest minister comes in. And this is something, I'll be honest with you as a pastor, sometimes you've got to clean up the guest minister's mess. And it's not like they're trying to do it, but many times they'll come in here and they'll tell you a story. And you're like going, oh, whoa. Woo! And, and, and the mentality you get is that, man, you live for God and everything becomes easy. Everything, you just start to roll in the dough. And it just is like amazing. No! I'm not saying that you can't get to a place where you're rolling in the dough. I know what God says in His Word. He's come to give us life and life more abundantly. But the point I'm trying to make is this. You've got to understand that it's a journey. Of faith. We are called to live by faith. And, and, and just because, I mean, I, I've had some occurrences happen in Pastor Jones in my life. People have given us thousands of dollars just out of the blue. Kind of fun when you get checks like that, amen? But guess what? We've given away checks like that. Mm-mm-mm. But guess what happens? No matter how you slice it, no matter how you dice it, if a check comes in, do you know that if, 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 if Garrett was given a million-dollar contract, you play baseball, right? To play baseball today for the Houston Astros, my favorite team. But anyway, to play baseball for them, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I mean, sign a contract, million-dollar, woo, that's a lot of money. But guess what? Before you know it, if he's not being led by the Spirit, in fact, you can go and look. A lot of professional athletes end up this way. They'll, their money, money will just go right out of their lives. The point I'm trying to make is this. The life of faith is supposed to be a life where we are continuously obeying God. Living by faith. When the opportunity comes to sow, we sow. When God taps you on the shoulder in the middle of the night to go give this person a million dollars. What? I, I know of a pastor who has got this, and I'm, 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 I'm trusting the Lord for myself to get there because I don't believe I'm there yet. I'm trusting the Lord to get to this place. But this pastor has had the Lord tap him on the shoulder and tell him, I want you to give your house away. Now, in my mind's eye, I'm like, well, what'd you do? Where did you live? You know what I'm saying? Especially if you got kids. 
I mean, you, I, 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 God, help me to understand that kind of thing. I want to get there. I want to be able to give a house away. I want to give a house away. I want to give a car. I don't want to give a broke. I want to give a nice car away. I want to I want to be able to walk in here one day and someone's been saying, Pastor, we've been believing for a God car. We've been believing for a car. We've been believing for a car, car. And just come up and just kind of shake their hand. There's keys in their hand. There you go. go. There's your car right outside. They walk out and there's a brand new vehicle that they've been believing God for. Is that possible? Could that happen? Will that happen overnight? No. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle. The life of faith. But the bottom line is this. If we do it God's way, God will take us from that. For a lot of people, they don't have enough to survive. To that other place of just enough. I don't like living in the level of just enough. I'm serious. I don't like living in the level of just enough. I don't like living from paycheck to paycheck. I want more than enough because I love to be a blessing. Amen. You know, I can honestly say this. As a, as a dad, I want to be able to bless my kids so much. I want to leave them something when I leave this earth. How I many know that's true? As a good dad, you should want to. How much more? How much more does our heavenly daddy want to do that for you and me? He wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. I have not hardly gone to my notes today, guys. I am just flowing with the spirit of God. And I trust that you're getting something out of this. I'll come back next week, so you have to come back. Everybody say, I'm going to come back. Yay, I'm looking at some of the new ones, you know. They're <laughs> like, going past that. You is one crazy dude. And I said, yes, I am for Jesus. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. When you've been, when you've been delivered from much, you love much. I came out of a horrible lifestyle. and Now I love Jesus with all my heart and soul. And I am not ashamed to tell people about it. Glory to his name. But going back to this, God wants you blessed beyond measure. He wants to do it excessively in your life. I know, again, that doesn't compute with a lot of Christians because they have the mentality. You can't live that way. Their mentality is you've got to be stingy. Their mentality is you've got to take a, a vow of poverty because having riches is wrong. No, it's not. It's trusting in riches that's wrong. It's having riches as your God that's wrong. God needs people to be blessed so that those people can bless others. I want to be a dispenser. I declare I am a dispenser for God's goodness. Not just in, 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 in your lives, which I want to be, more so, but in the lives of everybody I come in contact with. I mean, I want someone, I want to go into a, uh, just walk into a gas station and someone's standing back there and you know they're all down in the dumps. And, 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 I, and, and you just, just you get prompted. You have a $100 bill in your, in your wallet. I want you to bless them with it. I want you to give it to them. I, 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 can I tell off on your pastor one more time? Because this, this, is, this is where I'm going to, this is where I believe I missed it. I was at a coffee shop. And I was talking to the girl making my coffee. And you could tell she was being overwhelmed. 
I mean, just totally overwhelmed with what was going on. And, and in fact, she had been called in. One person had quit the job. She was there. and she, I mean, she said earlier the lines were just way back. It was just her. The machine wasn't working properly. And she, you could just tell it was all over her. And, you know, and of course, I'm encouraging her. But I felt prompted. I want you to give her the, the $100 bill in your, po- in your pocket. I want you to give you, I, I don't know if it was a $100 bill, but it was $100. I want you to bless her with it. You know what I did? I reasoned it away. I need this. I need this for that. And I didn't do it. Now, I, I was nice to her. But how many know that God says in his word, he who knows to do good and doesn't do it, man, I had to repent. I said, I had to repent. I don't want God to tap me on the shoulder. Or let me rephrase that. I don't want God to not tap me on the shoulder because I will reason it away and not do it. I want God to tap me on the shoulder all the time. I want to be a faithful servant to God. I want to be a faithful dispenser of his blessings. It's not a good thing to tell that story. I would have rather said to you, I, I, I blessed her with $100, and the end result was God was setting me up to be even, even greater, more excessively blessed. I had to think of a good word there. <laughs> and that's the truth of the matter. You get the revelation and understanding of these things. God never wants to take things away from you. Get the revelation. God doesn't want to take things away from you. He's setting you up to be more blessed than you've ever been blessed before. You have to be faithful. You have to be sensitive. You can miss it. But when you miss it, repent. Tell God, give me another opportunity, Lord. Give me another opportunity, Lord. And let me say one more thing. Because a lot of times when I share things like this, people are out there and they're thinking, boy, I sure wish he'd do that for me. I want $100. I I like 100 Pastor Dan. One hundred dollars. Look at me, wink, wink. Come on. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't happen because of, of 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 the need you have in your life. It happens because you believe in God, and you've been sowing seed. I've had op- Listen, I've had times where God told me to bless somebody. And, and, and I, I said, Lord, why do you want me to bless them and not somebody else? Because they're doing so good. They don't need it. And he spoke to my heart and said, it's because they're believing me for it. They've sown for it. And I understood at that point in time. You want some of these things to happen to you, you become a sower. Become a giver. Let God know that you're going to be faithful when he taps you on the shoulder that you'll do exactly what he says to do. It's fun. It's fun to bless others. It's fun to go up and give somebody a, a, a money handshake. We used to t- talk about that when we were play college football. Because when you play college, you're not supposed to give money. But people come up to you and, boy, they give you that money handshake. The, the, uh, what are they called? The uh, alumni. Hey, how you doing? Oh, good to see you too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Didn't say that at the time. But anyway, but, but, the, but how much more fun is that for us? Should that be for us as Christians? Is, are, are you guys getting this this morning? You understand my heart in this? 
I'm not caught up in riches in the sense that, th- that, that they've become my God. I'm caught up in the fact that God wants us blessed more than enough. He wants every one of you to have more than enough in your life so that you don't have to be concerned about anything. Only thing you're thinking about is who can I bless today? Who can I sow into today? And then when some, I mean, think about it. You got so much coming in, and a missionary comes in here and says, I'm believing God for a van to be able to get around over in Africa. And, and you know, and, and all of a sudden God says, I want you to pay for it. I want you to go up and I want you to write a check for that, that van. And you walk up to that missionary after service and you say, How much do you need? And he says, I need $5,000. Why? And you write it out right there and you hand it to him. That's fun. That's fun. And if you honor God like that, God will honor you. Amen. I am determined to have a church full of people who are experiencing not just life, but life more abundantly. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God this morning.